This week on Moms Moving On. When you're told your whole life what's right and what's wrong, and then when you're reevaluating, it's very hard to figure out what do I personally feel is my moral compass, rather what's been spoon-fed to me for 30-odd years. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just abandoned it, and I said, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth to even process that right now. I really let everything go. Looking for the parts of your past that you can actually bring with you instead of rejecting everything as an outright whole. That's amazing. I love that. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everyone, to another Moms Moving On. I can't believe how close we're getting to the end of the year. And I thought, why not end 2020 with one of the most inspiring stories that I've heard yet, basically. I mean, it's going to knock your socks off. I met this beautiful woman recently as we're both involved um, in one of the same projects. And I was blown away by her strength and her tenacity. And coupled with that, her desire to help other women who are also going through similar situations. Her name is Sheva Gans, and she's a mental health counselor, an expressive arts facilitator, a single parenting coach, a reparenting expert, and of course, the best job of all. She's a mom. Hi, Sheva. So nice Hi. To see you Thank here. you so much. What an amazing introduction. Wow. Well, you deserve it. call you every day, every morning for a little pep talk. That's I awesome. can... I can record it and put it in one of those buttons that you press and it's like, yeah, like that's my alarm to wake me up, but get, get up. That would be no more. I'm on it. Well, thank you for being here. I know I gave like the, um, the website intro, but can you give us like the, the, the Sheva spiel for lack of a better Sheva elevator pitch? Yeah. Uh, for sure. I am an expressive art therapist and a single parent coach and a reparenting coach as well. And we can definitely get more into that. And a single mom to three children, 15-year-old, 13-year-old, and a 10-year-old, I think. I don't know. It changes so quickly. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> as long as you know that like they're yours, right? Like I feel like as long as I know that where they are right. Right. <laughs> at, at some point, if they just check in weekly, then I'm good to go. The age is, is hard to keep track of. <laughs> uh, just constantly revolving. So I've, I've, I've had a, um, an interesting transition from where I started off in life, uh, grew up as an Orthodox Jew, and then got married young, had three children, as, I was, as my fate uh, told me I was supposed to. And then just um, things changed, you know, life throws at you. Things changed. Things Let's changed. It's so wild. They forgot to teach you that. That doesn't always work out the way it was planned. Uh, moved around a bit. Um, got divorced, went back to school uh, and got my degree in counseling. And then I sat down at one point and thought, after I graduated, what, what do I want to do? Where is my intersection of what I do well, what I'm passionate about and what I feel can contribute? So where do, where, where, what's the Venn diagram of all of those three? And in the end, I really wanted to give back to the divorce community, um, even though and, and actually build divorce community uh, because I didn't feel like there were resources out there for when I had gone through my divorce and I wanted to be able to really take what I had learned through my experiences and my education and, and give back in a way. So that's what I've been doing for the past few years, um, single parent coaching and working in the divorce field. Well, and I think that's why I'm so drawn to you because, you know, 
and not to minimize divorce, like you didn't just get divorced, like you were handed an almost impossible situation. And you not only made it through, you turn your, your pain into passion and purpose, which is also what I did. And I think that's one of the best things you can do is give a helping hand to somebody who needs to be pulled out of the same situation you were just in not too long ago. So, you know, we're talking in like, you know, really cryptic terms here. Why don't we get right to the heart of what it is that you did and, and what you've overcome and, and what got you to where you are now? Well, let's jump into that. But you bring up a good point that I think is interesting. I was divorced around seven, eight years ago, and I didn't jump into the work right away. To me, there was a lot of recovery and healing that had to happen to make sure that I was in a certain place. Um, Some of the things I'm only just getting to right now, some of the work that I'm doing with certain demographics, it was too painful and too personal for me. And I'm only just feeling right now that okay, I got this. I can take um, a more of objective view and um, as opposed to be personally project my experiences. Well, uh, I, and love, I love that you said the magic word healing because everyone who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with the whole concept and idea of, you know, no matter what has happened, you, you can find a way through it and you can find a way to fix that part of you so that it doesn't fester into the other parts in your life that you try to move forward with. So yay for healing. Yay for healing. Yeah, for sure. It's the best. I posted something last night about, you know, why are we a generation now or we're in a period in society where women are so focused on healing and heal yourself and heal your vibe and your energy. It's because for so long we were told, get over it. You're fine. Don't be emotional. The girls don't cry. You know, and now we're like, well, yes, we have emotions and yes, we're owning them. And yes, we're fixing them and working through them. And I love that. I love that. I love that. It's really nice. And I stand behind that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, you're, you're the epitome of it. Okay. So you were fast forward or rewind. Eight rewind. Years, eight years ago, you were an Orthodox Jew living in? I was living, we were living in Israel at the time. We had moved to Israel spending, a f- we kind of went um, temporarily and then ended up staying. It was my, my ex and I, we could never quite be on the same page emotionally. So when we, we were in New York previously, I hated New York. He loved it. He was doing well. We moved to Israel to kind of change things up. I loved it. I was doing great. And he was not. And we just couldn't get on the same footing in many areas of life. So he got a job in Florida. We moved to Florida. And the marriage, which had been unraveling for quite some time, really just fell apart once we moved to Florida. And that's when I was faced with so many questions um, about my life, about my identity, about transitions. And in my work with, with people going through a divorce, I think identity is one of the concepts that comes up the most, because especially when you've been married for a few years and you have children, your identity is so wrapped up in who you are in a marriage, as a wife, as a mother, and even though you never lose your identity as a mother or a father, if there are men listening, you still lose some parts of your children's life. When you have shared custody, you don't, you're not with your children. Sometimes for important events, holidays, uh, things that happen spontaneously, you're not there when you normally would be. So there's an incomplete readjustment of identity that has to happen in general. On top of that, having grown up Orthodox, an Orthodox Jew there was a lot of reevaluation that was happening when so many of the things that I valued so much and was taught to value were falling apart around me. So I had to figure out what's important to me, 
what have I been told is important to me? What do I want to hold on to? What do I want to let go of? Who am I? You know, especially in um, a religious value system, family is so integral to who you are and who you're supposed to be. So when my family fell apart, it really challenged my self-concept and my relationship with God, my relationship to the Jewish community, my relationship to my, my spiritual self. That actually, I think, took the longest to repair my relationship with my spiritual self because it came with so much baggage that it was hard for me to sift through what my own value system was. When you're told your whole life what's right and what's wrong, and then when you're reevaluating, it's very hard to figure out what do I personally feel is my moral compass, rather what's been spoon-fed to me for 30-odd years. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just abandoned it. And I said, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth to even process that right now. I really let everything go. I really just shied away from so much of it. It almost became comical because I remember at one point, this is actually funny, I went to uh, this healing masseuse who did this exorcism on me. She said I was still spiritually connected to my ex. I think I went because I was just having a hard time dating and I'm like, nothing's working out. Something, yeah. Right? So she did this whole massage exorcism. She didn't even speak English. She only spoke Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. So we were hardly communicating. And she was telling me all of these things about my future. She was telling me I'm going to get remarried. I'm going to marry a non-Jew, which to me was crazy at the time. Um, And she was telling me I was going to have three more children. And I was like, from this womb, three more children. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Three more children. Are you sure from here, not stepchildren? She was telling me all of these things. And I I was a little bit taken aback by by it. And I I went into my car afterwards and I called my brother and I was telling him all of this. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to marry somebody (laughs) non-Jewish based off of what she told me. And he started laughing and he's like, if a rabbi had told you any of this, you would have disregarded the whole thing. But I, I took my spiritual construct and I just removed it from Judaism, but I was all about anything Buddhist or anything mindful or anything esoteric, anything else the same similar concepts were really appealing to me. Mm. So I was really searching for a spiritual sense of self and it took me a while to find that. Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first a word from our sponsor. Divorce is never easy. And when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events documentable text messaging, and an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time and date stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. 
Fair allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R, fair. Subscribe at befair.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download Fair from the App Store or Google Play. Go to fair.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. So while you were in the process of, you know, leaving, because Orthodox Judaism is not just, it's not just something you believe in. It's a way of life. It's, it's how you live every moment of your life from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed. How did that shift for your children? Did you work to maintain what they were used to, or did they, you know, just, also abandon the ideals and, and search for their own moral compass? That's such such a good question. And it's something I battled with then. And I still, I don't, wouldn't say battle now, but I weigh it in. At the time, it was very important for me to maintain the status quo for them. Mm-hmm. Their, their dad is still religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was experimenting, doing my own thing, but I felt like there was so much transition in their life as it was. And I also didn't really know how to... I would joke sometimes this pretend conversation I would have in my head, like, just kidding. God doesn't exist. (laughs) You know, like the last, the last 13 years of your life have been a farce. I didn't, I didn't know how to broach that with them. And I thought it would be too much to put on the table, but they're very clearly aware of my journey. They see what's going on. They see that I'm in a different place that I was. And that's opened up many conversations with my children who all react in very, very different ways. They all have different relationships with their religion which has been interesting to see from my standpoint. Um, And I actually value, I'm happy that they're getting the structure that they're getting. They're in a religious day school. I want them to know their heritage. I want them to know where they come from. And I feel like what I, the gift that I bring to them is choice and opportunity that they have a mother who says, I love you. You can, whatever makes you happy. (laughs) I didn't have that experience. So you want to, you want to be religious? great. If that really is who you are and that is your happiness, I support that. You don't want that. You want to go searching and find something else. I support that also. Well, and I think that's probably what this whole experience gifted you with is, you know, the ability to recognize how important it is to have a choice in what you're letting dictate your life, right? Because if it's something you don't believe in, you're going to up and leave and and go to the other side of the world and, and leave it all behind. But if you don't have a choice, then the, then the journey becomes very shameful and you're, you're doing it all very um, behind closed doors. You don't have a space to really explore with authenticity. And there's so much shame that develops because there's this voice in your head telling you you're doing something wrong. Right. How do you feel about it? Do you feel you did something wrong? Granted, I'm, I'm sure you received backlash from the community and the people you were close with at the time. Do I, well, do I feel like I did something wrong in my move away? From, no, I don't. I mean, but I, I, but I, just, I say that now, I, seven, eight years later, right? That's right. it's a process for sure along the way. And it's, it's funny because have you seen the movie Unorthodox? Of course. I was just okay. thinking about it. Yeah. Right. So everyone I know, everyone and their dog called me. <laughs> Did you see that movie? Anyone who, especially everyone, who, all of my Jewish, non-Jewish friends immediately thought of me. And, and was like, is this your story? Is this your story? So it's not my story. I don't come. That's a very, very ultra-Orthodox background, although many of the experiences I related to. But one of the things that stood out to me was 
and maybe it was done for cinematic effect, her, her insanely quick transition, right? Like she's, she's super hyper religious one day. And then the next day she rips off her wig. She's eating a cheeseburger. It just happened the next day. And I'm like, that doesn't happen like that. You know, it is so, so process oriented. It's one thing that it's, it's almost like testing the water. Is God going to strike me down for this? Oh no. Okay. So you go to the next thing. Absolutely. No. And, and, you know, and in, in watching that movie, I mean, you see her the whole time questioning her, her role in this life. Like, is this where I'm supposed to be and the unraveling? But I do agree it happened really quickly. And even, you know, it's the same thing with divorce in general. For a lot of women, you're done with the marriage for a long time before you're done with the marriage. And that doesn't mean you can come out of it and the next day be like, okay, where's the next chapter? You know, it's still a process and you have to honor that process. So I'm so glad you did that in a way that was comfortable for you. I I remember I was before I was divorced, I remember talking to a sister of mine and telling her, I'm ready to move on. I wasn't even divorced yet, but I said, I've been exactly what you said right now. I said, I've been in this process for so many years. I've been emotionally disentangling myself. I, as soon as this divorce happens, I'm ready to go. And then when the divorce actually happened and I was really in that space, I was far from ready to go. Nowhere even near that. I had so much processing to do until I was really felt like I was in a good space. Yeah. So I had a guest on a while back who went through the same thing, but she was leaving the Muslim community. And we talked a little bit about for her, there was just not going to be any understanding on the part of the people she was close to at that time of why she was leaving and all of that. So she kind of just did away with them and, and just went about her life. But I know also I'm from the Jewish community, and but it's not not to the religious extreme that you were in. But I do know, you know, when whenever there is like a scandal, everybody wants a definition. They want they want to put a lid on it. They want to understand. And I guess it's the same in any community. But for someone who is potentially in your situation or in a situation where they're scared to make a move because of what the judgment might be or what others might say, what advice would you give to them? There are, it's, uh, I would reach out for, for support. So either um, if you really feel that nobody in your circle can understand what's going on, reach out for, to a coach or, or a, a mental health professional just to get um, validation of your feelings they may not understand your particulars of your story, but they could help support you in, in, your, in your transition. And it is really hard to not live in your truth. If you feel like the life that you're living isn't authentic, um, it's just great to have support in what you're doing. I, I was very blessed to have internal support. I had close friends who I was able to be open with. I have siblings, certain siblings that I was able to be open with. And that was really helpful. Um, but I think to do something like this, it's really important to have some, some type of support system in place. And I think also it's getting to a place where even though you've lived your life up until this point, doing the things the same way as everybody else, you don't really owe anyone an explanation as to why you choose to live your life in the way you choose to live it. Right. That is true. But normally when you come from, a, I only speak, I can only speak of, of religious backgrounds people are making many different types of transitions following divorce, you usually come from a very, very entangled system. And families are usually very, um, either closed or very entangled and enmeshed. And it is hard to kind of say, like, fuck you, right? Like, I'm doing what I want to do. And then it's hard to lose that 
even if you're done spiritually or done emotionally, it's hard to walk away from the system entirely. It is, it is difficult. No, totally. I, I honor that because I'm somebody who just doesn't like disappointing people in general. So I know it takes a lot of balls and chutzpah, for lack of a better term, to be able to do that. So you should be really proud of yourself. And even though you know your journey may or may not be the journey your children plan to take one day or, or resonate most with, you gave them the perfect example of what it means to take control of your own life and make the choices you need to make in order to live your most authentic life. And there's what's better than that? I hope so. And, and I also would like to encourage people, if anyone is going through a similar experience, it took me a while to come back, to be able to stop, look back and start to sift through my upbringing and instead of rejecting it entirely, there are usually gems and there's a lot of value and things that I still want to hold on to. So initially it was just this refusal. I don't want to be a part of it. I'm done. I don't even know how to process that. And now I'm in a place where I can look back and find the balance of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can find myself in the greater scheme of everything and they're not at odds with each other. So looking for the parts of your past that you can actually bring with you instead of rejecting everything as an outright whole. That's amazing. I love that. You really have done the work. I mean, you seem, you know, just so confident in your decisions and and in which parts of you you've maintained and let go of. And I think that's really, really refreshing. There's so many people who, you know, live in fear of what might happen next. And it, it upsets me because it's, you know, the fear of what is and what actually happens is they never align, right? I mean, in most cases, that's how I found it to be. How about you? Yes. I, yes. And w- I think one of the biggest thing, lessons I've learned from my divorce is this reevaluation of what fear or what pain is. Um, and there's, you know, this concept of the pain barrier, right? That we have this pain barrier that we keep hitting. We, we, we get to the beginning of the pain barrier and it's too frightening and too scary. So we turn around and we go back to the status quo, to what we're used to. But really infinite possibility, our full potential is on the other side of the pain barrier and we got to just go through it. And there is an end. Things, you know, experiences, emotions, hardships, challenge, they're, they're temporary. They, there's rise and there's fall. And if you just have this mentality of kind of just shoveling through the pain barrier, there's, there's, there's another side. That's, that's where the, the, the end of the rainbow is. I, I love that you're saying that. I was just having this conversation this morning with a client who is stuck in that period of fear. And I said, listen, fear is an emotion like hunger, like exhaustion, like anger, like, um, like happiness. It all is fleeting, right? So this fear doesn't last. It's got to stop somewhere and shift into something else. And it's such an important point you make because if we live stuck in that fear, where do we go? Nowhere. Life doesn't life doesn't happen. Um, so I never let anybody on our show end without sharing a favorite quote. It could be related to the topic or not, just a quote that you hang on to that has really resonated with you. Yes. Let me, let me, let me make sure I'm, I'm remembering it right. In every, it's exactly related to what we're talking about. Um, we, it's, this is a little bit um, paraphrased, but it's a, it's a Maslow, it's an Abraham Maslow quote, and it's in every opportunity we have two options to step back into safety or forward into growth. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. such a neat quote. I love it. Yeah, it, it, it's paraphrased. It's not entirely right, but I love, and that actually, every day uh, when I write down my schedule, I put um, that, I put not the quote on top of my schedule, but what would my best self do in this moment? 
just to remember in every moment we have two options. So I can stay where I am right now, or I can push myself to do something different. And it's a moment to moment experience. And it goes on my schedule daily. What would my best self do in this moment? I just wrote that down because that is so damn good. And I love it. And I connect with it so much. I think you're fantastic. So anyone who's listening, who's interested in working with you, do you work with clients just in the South Florida area or all over the place? The coaching that I do is international. So that is all over the place uh, working with, yeah, all different types, all different. And I, and I like, and I like working with women or men, actually, I, I like getting that the dual experience because sometimes a woman gets stuck in a, in a, in a victimized mentality. And I like having, um, even sometimes the groups that I do are a mixed gender so that people can hear the other side. Cause we, we tend to generalize our experiences and it's nice to hear there's another side and a different perspective. Very important. Absolutely. So where can everyone find you? Um, easy to find. My website is my name, shevagans.com. S-H-E-V-A-G-A-N-Z. Email info at Shevagans. And I'm also on Instagram and I post a lot of single parenting tips and just um, advice, mental health advice relating to divorce and divorce recovery and reparenting. We didn't even talk about reparenting. You're going to have to have me back. (laughs) I'm writing that down because I have- a little teaser for next time. There's more of her to come, everybody. (laughs) Sheva, thank you so much. Everybody listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And of course, if you have questions and you're just so inspired, you want to reach out and say hi, info at shevagans.com, or you can reach out to me and I'll put you in touch. Have a wonderful end of your 2020 and we will see you next year, everyone. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.